turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Program guests and Craig Roberts not affiliated with Vitucci and Associates. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Vitucci and Associates have no liability for information discussed. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal professional prior to taking action. Securities and advisory services offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Vitucci and Associates, and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated. The views and opinions expressed are based on current economic and market conditions and are subject to change. All investing involves risk, including the potential for loss of principal. Welcome to Don't Invest and Forget, a weekly financial news magazine designed to educate and equip you with the roadmap and direction you need to manage your money, meet your financial goals, and instill confidence in your investment choices on the road to retirement. Your host is author, radio commentator, and investment advisor, Pat Fatucci of Fatucci & Associates. With over 30 years' experience in the world of finance and investment planning, Pat specializes in personal and corporate investment management with special emphasis on retirement planning. Home sales down the eighth month in a row, the longest slump in over a decade and a half. The tech sector signals that it's not immune from inflation, and economic woes in the U.K. forced the new Prime Minister, Liz Truss, to resign after just 45 days in office. Welcome once again to this edition of Don't Invest and Forget, the program that each and every week helps you keep your finger on the pulse of your money from Wall Street to Main Street right into your wallet. Our host, 30-plus year financial manager, best-selling author, Pat Vitucci, and I'm Craig Roberts. Well, Pat, certainly if you look at the headline news today, just quickly glance, there are some storylines that would seem to be strangely reminiscent of the economic woes and challenges we found after the last major economic slump. I'm not talking, of course, about COVID as much as I am the whole derivatives debacle that occurred in 2007 and 2008 that really put the U.S. economy on its knees. This time around, though, it seems like the pain of this recession, and we'll call it that at least for the moment, is not only being felt here in the United States, but across the globe. Craig, unfortunately, you are right. We can call it a recession. We can call it a lot of things, but this is kind of a no-spin zone area. And so let's call a spade a spade here. I think we have been in a recession for several months now. History will look back and, I think, confirm that definition. Again, we've got three-quarters of a point likely increase in the November meeting of the Federal Reserve with Jerome Powell heading up that group. And probably another three-quarters in December. The economy is still overheated and they're slowing things down. And we've got to get unemployment numbers up, which seems illogical to most folks. But we're already beginning to see signs of major companies announcing layoffs. They did a study, Craig, of 136 CEOs. 98% say we are in a recession or going to be in a recession very soon. So it's a pretty pronounced percentage, 98%.
think uh, we are in one or soon to be in one. And not surprising, declining sales of homes, eighth month in a row, you mentioned that in the opening comments. When real estate goes into a slump, it's almost a foregone conclusion. Reflecting back, we're going to see some pretty dismal GDP numbers. And interestingly, big tech has kind of been Teflon-coated. You look at Apple and Meta and Amazon, Microsoft, Twitter, Google, these have been um, pretty resilient to any talk of recessions, but even these companies are going to start going through difficult times and announcing layoffs. Look, let's face it, we've only seen in recent history two recessionary periods, 2001 and 2008, and we know we're still pretty upset about the 2008 debacle because that was a pretty radical decline, upwards of 50% in value of stocks. And so here we are with the Dow Jones right around 30,000 when it was at the 36,000 mark just, what, seven, eight months ago. We know these uh, talks of recession are pretty well confirmed. Uh, Elon Musk, in his colorful way that he always seems to get the attention of Wall Street, announced that his company, Tesla, will have a bigger market cap than Apple and Saudi Aramco combined. Now, Apple and Saudi Aramco today are collectively worth about $4 trillion. Tesla today is worth about $660 billion. So it's got a long way to go before it starts to exceed Apple and Saudi Aramco combined. Having said that, Tesla, in its youth in terms of being around in the stock market has a higher market cap than the five top competitors in the auto industry, including Ford and GM and BMW. Quite impressive rise in market cap of $660 billion. Just Ford and Chevy have a market cap of about $50 billion each. So pretty impressive for its short corporate life. But as provocative as Elon Musk is, this is a pretty phenomenal prediction. But again, never underestimate Elon Musk. He is Barnum Bailey showcase kind of a guy, but never underestimate his ability to execute. My wife and I were browsing through a mall recently, and if you've seen VinFast, VinFast is the Vietnamese electric car company opening up about 10 showrooms in the barrier. Good-looking car, starting price 42000 for a smaller compact version. By the way, you can rent the battery or buy the battery, which I thought was an interesting twist, not seeing that available in the Tesla um, business model. Bid fast, and there's going to be others, I'm sure, as all the original car companies are, are moving quickly to uh, build electric cars. So clearly, Craig, we're in a difficult period. I think we have a ways to go in terms of digging ourselves out of this 9% inflation. Our Social Security checks as of January 1st will be up 8.7%. That's on top of a 5.9% last year. What does that suggest for the Social Security system as a whole? certainly means our politicians need to look at eligibility dates, eligibility amounts. The, all the projections of the Social Security system going broke has now been moved up a couple of years, given these inflationary numbers. Good news for retirees, bad news is food prices and price per gallon of gas continues to go up. So I'm not sure if, if you net, net, net any money from that 8.7% increase 
in our 2023 Social Security checks. Nice to get a bigger amount, but when the dollar is worth a whole lot less, the price of tomatoes and lettuce and beef and milk and eggs goes up higher than 8.7%. You wonder, um, am I in better shape or bad shape? But the last projections I saw was average food costs up 13%. So 13 minus 8.7, it still puts you below water. Clearly turbulent times. I don't think we're going back down to 2% inflation by next weekend by any stretch. These things take half to three quarters to a year and a half for time to pass. And of course, the political environment will change potentially in the next couple weeks here. We'll see uh, what the electorate think of Biden's handling of the economy and all the other issues. Not that politics is part of the equation, but it really is when you think of if we have a split government, I should say, with Democrats and Republicans between the House, the White House, and the Senate, in my view, Wall Street will like gridlock in Washington. There'll be a lot of beautiful speeches, but gridlock will not result in significant legislation, significant spending, and then the free, open, capitalistic system will go back to work and let the market dictate the system. Capitalism works. And without interference from outside influences, it tends to uh, be system of choice when you look around the globe. What is your take, Pat, on the news that's uh, fairly fresh off the presses here related to the prime minister of the U.K., Liz Truss, stepping down from her position just a scant 45 days in office, this on the cusp of a nearly $1 trillion market brought nearly to its knees. Is this signaling difficult times, certainly not only what we're experiencing here in the United States, but markets across the globe? And given the interconnectivity of all of these markets in the so-called global economy, what kind of lesson does this teach us, or what is it signaling in terms of how investors need to be thinking right now in the light of the news of the PM stepping down in the U.K.? 45 days has got to be a record, Craig. I mean, sadly, she made a couple economic blunders that kind of shocked the country, and then she tried to reverse that, made it look pretty silly, and then all surveys show they want Boris Johnson back. So maybe his partying reputation doesn't look nearly as bad as Madam Trust. Sadly, yeah, they're going to go through some significant turbulence given um, her stepping down after such a short period of time. It's a free open system, not too unlike ours. We'll see how, how all this pans out. Will Boris Johnson come back in? Who knows? My guess is they'll opt for some fresh talent. Britain certainly one of our significant trading partners. They've been friendly to the U.S. We've had great relations. I think certainly on the, on the world stage, Russia and China are always the bigger monster economies that we're dealing with. And certainly the, the Ukraine war and Putin threatening on the nuclear front, significantly more serious challenges on the world stage in terms of the economy. And undoubtedly, pensioners in England are very worried about all of this. I mean, we saw the Pension Protection Fund of the UK faced a £1.6 billion call for cash. That kind of instability, particularly if you're on the cusp of retirement or already there, is very upsetting. And of course, it had political consequences for Prime Minister Liz Truss. But what about here at home? What about concerns related to the recession? And how can you learn how to effectively plan for retirement in a recession? That insight and more as this edition of Don't Invest and Forget 
continues. Pat Fittucci says, don't invest and forget. Invest and forget. Invest and forget. For those of us that are maybe over 45, current events on Wall Street, what's happening in the economy, seem somewhat familiar. We only need to turn back to 2007 or 2000, 2001 to remember the dot-com bubble burst, the real estate derivatives debacle, to remember some difficult times and the fact that it's important to have a plan and work the plan through these challenging times as you continue to save for retirement. So, if you don't remember all of those lessons or you're simply too young, then what about the whole notion of retirement planning during a recession? Some insights now from our host, Pat Fitucci. And Pat, certainly in, in some respects, as you often have taught us on the program down through the years, some respects of your retirement planning strategy remain the same. But there are other aspects where you need to be nimble and agile and responsive to the changes on Wall Street to make sure that you're, for example, not working your plan based entirely on emotion and as a result potentially make some very critical economic mistakes that could either delay your retirement or at least have a profound impact on the quality of your retirement. So let's talk about these concepts related to retirement planning for a recession. Maybe first begins with some fundamentals. When we speak of the word recession, what exactly is that? Well, Craig, the pure definition is two successive quarters of negative GDP, gross domestic product. And so we've had that. So their question is, why are we still questioning if we are in recession? But here's the emotional teaching moment. We can't get scared during recessions. We've had a recession every decade since 1850, with one exception, the 2010 decade. So it's pretty much a given, at least every 10 years, we're going to have a recession. And it really requires us to be brave, stand up, and don't get scared. This is something we have to expect. While it's no fun, it's a given that we're going to go through these kinds of declines. Nobody ever promised us every year was going to be jelly beans and ice cream. We're going to go through some sour points, and this is one of those years that it's going to be consistent with the facts that every decade since 1850 you've had at least one recession. So guess what? The average recession only lasts 11 months. Now, while you're in the middle of it, we're emotionally distraught. We are. We look at our statements and we're, oh my gosh, I'm losing money and I've got to do something about it. Sadly, too many people say, I lost money yesterday, I'm getting out. So what they've effectively done is convert a paper loss on paper to a real loss And now the question is, when do you get back in? Timing the market is impossible. Time in the market is prudent. So we've got to be very careful not to overreact. If you are, in my view, a couple, three years away from retirement, this is a buying time. Get out there and look at your 401k and put more of your asset mix into stocks because you're now going to buy stocks on a Macy's White Flower Day sale. The share prices are lower. So the bottom line is, stay the course. Even though emotionally, we want to say, I lost money yesterday, I'm getting out. Grab your 401k, your 403b, your 457, whatever your plan is, 
at work or if you have an individual IRA and look at what your allocations are. If you're a couple, three years away from retirement, increase your allocation to stocks. Historically, you're going to look back and say, wow, I was pretty smart. I bought more shares at a lower price. While it is emotionally a hand-wringing period in our life, it is a buying opportunity. Think like Warren Buffett. When things go on sale, you buy more. Now, if you're retired and you need income and you're looking at your portfolio and you see you're taking more of your principal last month because there was no gain last month, potentially, that's a typical period. That's a whole different scenario. But there are opportunities out there to convert your portfolio to a guarantee income kind of a scenario and still participate potentially in a stock market rebound. So there are retirement products available that can guarantee your principal, guarantee your income. And so it kind of Teflon coats your income stream. Yeah, your market value may drop, but who cares? A year from now or so, whenever the market recovers. And guess what? In America, thankfully, it's always recovered. The Great Depression, the Great Recession, the dot-com meltdown, we have come back every single time. Sometimes it takes longer, but again, the average recession is only 11 months. So turn CNBC off, pull your statements out, and make some decisions to take advantage of this opportunity if you can afford it and if it makes sense from an, an investment appetite for risk point of view. You can't panic. The worst thing to do is move to the sidelines, move to cash, because a lot of people did that in 08. Five years later, they were still sitting in cash. Meanwhile, the market rebounded briskly in just 19 months in that case, but they missed the opportunity to jump back in. Nobody rings a bell, calls your cell phone and say, get back in the stock market. It doesn't work that way. And so you've got to stay the course. Don't panic. This too shall pass. Now, some Pat will say this feels antithetical. It seems to be counterintuitive in the sense that, as you're suggesting, if you are 20, 30 years away from retirement, now potentially for you is a buying time. And some folks say, yes, but I'll put X number of dollars in to my 401k, my IRA. And then I open up the statement in 30 or 60 days and I've got significantly less money than I put in. And I feel as if I'm just dumping money down a black hole. Speak to that issue. Well, it's true. Your values are are worth less, but you've not looked at the market value. You've got to look at the share price. If you were buying in a year ago, I'd give an example, $10 a share in XYZ fund or XYZ stock, and now it's $7. You've got to think like when you go to the grocery store, tuna fish is on sale, you buy more tuna fish. You don't need more tuna fish tomorrow, but you're anticipating you're going to enjoy that tuna fish at some point. It's typical to your thinking, but it is very productive, and you'll be very happy a year or so from now when markets rebound nicely as they do. Now, this one may take longer, may take shorter. No one really knows, and that's where the level of panic can set in pretty easily. So I would encourage you to think like a Safeway shopper. 
Now, how does that and, approach uh, differ for a person who is very near retirement? Let's say you've got a year or two. Let's say you just recently retired. Is there a different approach or strategy when it comes to retirement planning and retirement dollar management in a recession? Well, there's clearly a lot more anxiety for that profile person, Craig, because now you need income tomorrow, next month, to replace the salary you were getting. And so, yeah, there's a different mindset and a different level of anxiety because now you need the money, unlike the person who's not going to retire for a couple, three years. While it's anxiety-ridden, you don't need to tap into that money next month. So there's a different solution for that person. And, and there are a whole collection of retirement products, retirement investments that kind of insulate you from an income point of view. Yeah, your market value will drop, but there's still opportunities to protect that income every month. To take advantage of that complimentary financial health and retirement plan review that Pat spoke of just a moment ago, why not call toll-free 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-PLAN-WISE. To get more information or to schedule your complimentary appointment, don't invest and forget.com. Pat Fittucci says, don't invest and forget. You probably recall as a young person the joy of the honeymoon experience and heading off to uh, maybe a special vacation land or somewhere to uh, celebrate your marriage. It's a special time. It's a getting to know you time and couples that have been married for many, many years, it might seem like it's far, far off in the distance. But there's certainly much to be said about that so-called honeymoon phase. And yet after a while, Reality sets in and you have to get into the the day-to-day fluctuations of life and going to work and raising children and paying the bills. And after a while, some of the shine from the honeymoon begins to tarnish. Is that also true when it comes to retirement? Pat Fatucci's got some answers on that. And Pat, I guess everybody that starts to approach retirement age, they can see the finish line within their sights, begins to get excited. Wow, I'm not going to have to deal with a boss anymore or the commute. I get to get up in the morning, do exactly what I want to do, travel, fulfill all those dreams that have been on hold during all of my working years. And then once you reach retirement, it doesn't take very long for some folks to find that shine quickly tarnishes too. It's probably the most misunderstood phase of life. We all have a vision. We all have a dream. It's always interesting to me, having been a financial advisor to future retirees for 30 plus years, how significantly different people react to this new phase in life. It is entirely different. Think about it. We've been trained since kindergarten, Craig. We get up, we get dressed, we have our breakfast. We go to school, we go to work, we come home, we eat, we go to bed. Retirement breaks this entire routine completely. Reacting to that significantly different structure of the day is difficult for many people. Something like 69% of retirees have a lot of difficulty with this newfound freedom to do what you want to do. If you want to stay up till 3 in the morning and watch reruns of Seinfeld, go for it. You want to sleep until noon and start out with steak and eggs at noon? All the rules are off. And to some people, that lack of structure is quite upsetting. A lot of people struggle with not having a routine. And so it's interesting to me. I always 
talk with retirees when they're about to retire. You know, next Friday is my last day. And then we meet three or six months later. It's my observation that some really do it well. They really have all of these plans. They're going to volunteer. They're going to spend time with their grandchildren. They're going to travel. That honeymoon phase is kind of an interesting period that people react to very differently. 50% of folks in that honeymoon period really look at the money issue because, you know, we all want to do lots of things, but it's all predicated on what our bank account can support. And so we want to go to Europe. We want to go to Hawaii. We want to, we want to buy cars. We want to do whatever that costs money. How do you support that financially and have the sustainability to last for a lifetime? Now, if you've had a stay-at-home husband or wife and your spouse retires, I've got this texting who's been a stay-at-home mom and she's supported her four children and they've got a beautiful, beautiful marriage. And in her Texas drawl, she says, honey, I got twice the husband and half the space because now he's in my office now and he's alphabetizing the herb jars. And, you know, he, he's cleaned the garage three times in, in the last month. And so he's kind of climbing the walls and he's in her space all day long. And so she doesn't find his retirement very enjoyable. The financial certainly is an issue. Your cognitive skills, what, what about your physical body? Are, are you going to create a routine that gives you the exercise? And how about the social aspects? I have tennis friends who say they're retired. Nobody emails them anymore. Nobody texts them. He doesn't get voicemails. He kind of fell off the grid. He's off the grid. <laughs> and he's like in the woods. Nobody interacts with him anymore. So it's really up to you to initiate that and not wait for a retirement life to build around you. You've got to be the engineer to make that happen. Mentoring with programs or with other like groups is always encouraged and creating those new routines, whether it's volunteering, learning a new skill set, working part-time, taking some classes. A retirement mentor is certainly something that we would encourage because you want this to be a fun time of your life. And as long as you're healthy, you don't want to be bored or lonely. That's not what it's like. But in many cases, retirement does end up being lonely and you've got so much time on your hands, you get bored. Certainly, monitoring your financial life is important. You don't want to go absolutely wild in the first year or two of your uh, retirement in this honeymoon phase and start spending like there's no tomorrow. I'm always intrigued by people who say, well, my mom lived to 85 and my dad lived to 84, and so I'm going to die at that age. Or they say mom lived to be 100 and dad lived to be 98. So I, I've got, there's 70, I've got 30 more years to go. Only 50% of your longevity is predicated based on studies I've read, is based on your genes. The other 50% is based on your diet, your lifestyle, you know, more what you've done with your life than what mom and dad did with their life. So it's always interesting to me. People say very emphatically, well, dad lived to be 100, so I've got 30 more years. I'm only 70, so here's my program. Or conversely, the longevity of my family is very short, so I'm going to burn through my money, my money quicker. And I said, well, what if you live 10 or 20 years past those? Now? Well, no, that's not going to happen. So the concreteness of people's ideas of their day of death has always been interesting to me, and it's almost always wrong. 
And so you've got to be careful what I wish for. It's really about staying involved, staying connected in some way, shape, or form, understanding your new role. And by the way, 50% of people are still committed to supporting children to the tune of, on average, $6,800 a year. 25% are still committed to financially committed to helping mom and dad because mom and dad are living a whole lot longer than they thought and they've run out of money. So we've got those two things tugging at that limited retirement base of money, that chunk of money. We got kids draining it from one end, mom and dad draining it from the other end. That leakage, if you will, will curtail your ability to have that sustainability for you and spouse if you are married. Here on this edition of Don't Invest and Forget, discussing the honeymoon phases of retirement. Just before the break, Pat, you were discussing some of the downward pressure, some of the things that can drain resources off as a newly retired couple is excited about taking the trips, spending time with the grandkids, traveling, working on the projects perhaps that you've always thought of doing but never had time for. Now you've got time and you think there's seemingly an endless pile of money there. And just prior to the break, Pat, you were mentioning about, again, some of these drains on those retirement resources that can be a big mistake early on, whether you're trying to maybe shell out some cash to help a child that um, maybe just gone through divorce and needs some resources, or maybe you still have older parents alive and They've outlasted their retirement dollars, and now they're struggling to make ends meet. So you're kind of helping on both ends, virtually stuck in the middle, and in doing so, watching your own retirement dreams slowly drain away. Pick up, if you would, with your thoughts. I have seen abuses on both ends, but more for supporting children, adult children, who they don't know how to let go, and they don't know how to have that tough love and say, look, Johnny, you're 35 years old and I can't keep paying for your cell phone or I can't keep paying your car payment. And they tell, well, but he won't have a car if I don't pay his, I said, well, that's the conditions. That's the repercussions of that 35 year old, not preparing. And you're enabling that child, quote unquote child, 35 year old child to depend on mom and dad. And meanwhile, it's draining your retirement monies. So I rarely win those arguments. And, and I, I don't want to become a scolding kind of financial advisor. That's not my role. I'm, I'm not an expert in parenting. That's for darn sure. But I have to just look at the ramifications of their actions and how they are draining their retirement. It's my job to responsibly tell them that the sustainability of their money and their eating into their principal at their young ages of late 60s, early 70s is not going to work out. And I don't want you living under a bridge when you're 80 years old and you still have a lot of vitality. So it's never a fun session, but I've got to document that at least I advise them that the rate they're going, they're not going to be in a healthy position financially in the not too distant future. That's never a comfortable discussion, but I can't paint pretty picture and ask them to put their rose colored glasses on. If the reality of it is they're heading down a road to a very disastrous result. So it's always an interesting confluence of parenting for many years, taking care of aging parents, going through that honeymoon phase of, yay, we're, we have the freedom to do what we want to do. And 
and they're sitting around. It's 8.30. They've had their coffee, and they're looking at each other and say, okay, what do you want to do today, honey? And they're kind of challenged by how to fill up all this empty time, empty space. And and on the other hand, you get people who say, I have no idea how I had time to work. I'm so busy. I volunteer here, and I do this on Tuesday and that on Thursday. And, and Saturday morning, I watch my kids play soccer and my grandkids play soccer. So it's always interesting to have a, a whole diverse view of this newfound freedom that some people adjust to beautifully and some people really struggle with the disappointing expectation of what retirement is all about. Again, it's a beautiful thing for for some people, but not for others. Pat, there's got to be a large element here of fear, too. And I say that in the sense that trying to determine longevity, as you alluded to a moment ago, a lot of people say, well, mom and dad lived at this age, and therefore, well, you might end up exceeding that age by 10 years, 20 years, who's to say? And so suddenly then, looking at retirement in the next 10, 20, 30 years, whatever they may be, and trying to answer the question that nobody really has the solid answer to, and that is, what will my longevity look like? What will my health look like? And will my money carry me through? And I guess there's two fears. Either on one end, spending too much at the beginning so that you don't have enough toward the end, or being so conservative at the beginning that you never really have a chance to enjoy retirement and suddenly you reach the end of life. I guess it's not a bad thing to leave a huge nest egg behind to your heirs, but at the same token, you might wonder, gee, mom and dad sacrificed all the years that they were working. They sacrificed all the years that they were retired and never really had a chance to enjoy it. There's that deft touch, I guess, of having the advice of a professional financial individual that can help you kind of very carefully monitor through all of these phases. You really hit on, on a really good point. Uh, there are hoarders and there are spenders and, and, and then there's the few people in the middle. Depression babies uh, went through the depression. It stained them and it gave them the frugality throughout their entire life. Fear of spending and fear of running out of money is at the heart and soul of how they wake up every morning. Then you get the other extreme, and they're, they're blowing through all, all their money way too early, thinking that Santa Claus will come in the end and redeposit chunks of money. And so, and by the way, there's the, the, what I call echo depression babies. Those of us who are children of depression children grew up in an, a household where I could hear my mom and dad, you know, we don't work for a PG&E, turn off the lights and turn the heat down and all those frugal things you do. So those of us who grew up as echo depression babies living in environments of, that were, my mom talked about getting an orange for Christmas and they were thrilled. Imagine giving your child an orange for Christmas on Christmas morning. Now it, they would throw it at you, I think. And uh, But my point is relationship with money in retirement really becomes a floodlight on how we interact with money and if it's a healthy relationship or not. And so it's an interesting observation for me to watch in our, my interviews with my clients transitioning through that retirement phase, entering the honeymoon phase and how they begin to enjoy the fruits of their labor. It is a wonderful time. I don't want to sound depressing here, but it's a wonderful time to enjoy the company of people you love and the passions that you've you've enjoyed for the years and and having the freedom to exercise that time and energy 
and put it to really good productive use. So at the end of the day, the big question for many of us is when we reach retirement, will it meet all of our expectations? Will it exceed our expectations or will we be sadly disappointed? This becomes a very critical time when it comes to appropriate money management, not just saving up enough money to get to retirement, but then to work your way through retirement. If you've been going at it alone and you're a little uncertain as to some of the decisions you've made or like to get a better handle on exactly where your financial footing is today as you look toward or through retirement, why don't you take advantage of the complimentary financial health and retirement plan review offered by Vitucci and Associates. With offices throughout the San Francisco Bay Area, there's never any cost or obligation. And to schedule your personal one-on-one appointment, well, it's easy. Simply go to don'tinvestandforget.com and sign up. That's don'tinvestandforget.com and look for the icon that says make an appointment. Again, no cost or obligation. Go to don'tinvestandforget.com or if you prefer, you can call toll-free 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-PLAN-WISE. Certainly at the end of the day, no one has a crystal ball to know exactly what's going to happen in the retirement years, but making sure that you have a plan A, a plan B in place to be ready for the unexpected can take an awful lot of pressure off. Schedule that complimentary financial health and retirement plan review today. Go to don'tinvestandforget.com or call toll-free 888-PLAN-WISE, 888-PLAN-WISE. You've been listening to Don't Invest and Forget with author and investment advisor, Pat Fatucci. To gain more information about any of the topics discussed on today's program or to schedule your appointment for a no-obligation financial plan tune-up in one of Bay Area offices of Fatucci and Associates near you, go to don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com. Or call toll-free 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Or visit don'tinvestandforget.com. Program guests and Craig Roberts not affiliated with Vitucci and Associates. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Vitucci and Associates have no liability for information discussed. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal professional prior to taking action. Securities and advisory services offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Vitucci and Associates, and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated.